This is the This Is Gonna Hurt podcast with Jay Gordon Duncan. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of the This Is Gonna Hurt podcast with Jay Gordon Duncan. And if you're wondering why the Jay, the answer is I am not a bagpipe player. If that joke doesn't make any sense to you, I encourage you to check out episode zero, where I explain that joke, as well as the purpose of the This Is Gonna Hurt podcast, where we talk about faith, family, fitness, finances, and sometimes fun. Well, friends, again, thank you so much for tuning in. Always, I appreciate it every single time you listen to this podcast. Uh, we've got some exciting things coming up. Um, I know that this week I've got a planning session with another podcaster recently launched, and we're hoping to do a collab, which will be uh, both of us going back and forth on a particular topic, and then we'll publish it on both this platform and their platform. So excited about that coming up and chasing some great interviews as well. Uh, thank you for all the feedback on the Ron Keel episode on our three-year anniversary. And thank you for the feedback on the interview uh, that I was a part of with the Fredericksburg Chamber of Commerce. So thank you again uh, for all of those things. I'm really thankful for that. So today... I am recording this podcast, and I am incredibly sore, and that is because yesterday I ran the Striders Boston Marathon Qualifying Invitational in Chesapeake, Virginia. So let me tell you about this race. Here's what I'd like to do today, because we do talk about fitness here. I want to talk about uh, the race itself. I want to talk about what went right I want to talk about what I want to correct, uh, but I also want to talk about continuing to run marathons and endurance sports um, at 50 and what's going on ahead of this. But uh, I was really excited. This was my first in-person marathon since 2019. Uh, and obviously in 2020, tons of marathons were canceled. Um, I had the Emerald Isle Marathon canceled twice. Uh, and then I did run the Richmond Marathon back in November, but it wasn't uh, a full marathon. It was a full marathon, but it didn't. It, it wasn't with people and, and and that kind of thing. It was go run it at your own, anytime you schedule. And if you remember my, and that was on my fiftieth birthday. And if you remember, uh, that one did not go well for me. It got really humid, really fast. I'm not a great heat runner. I love running in the heat. I don't race well in the heat. And so I blew up and finished that race at like 4.04. And I haven't had a four-hour marathon in years. Um, so it was great to run a marathon on my birthday, but I was pretty disappointed with that result. So again, this weekend was the Emerald Isle Marathon. They were going for their third attempt, and then they wind up wound up having to reschedule it again, of course, because of COVID concerns. Um, and so I've been in the midst of all this training, and uh, I lost a, a full 16-week cycle of training in early 2019. It was one of the best training cycle. Oh, excuse me, 2020. Uh, it was one of the best training cycles I've ever had. I felt incredible, and then the Emerald Isle Marathon was canceled. Uh, so what I did last year is I ran the Royce Foundation 22K and just smoked it. I mean, it was a really, really great race. I actually ran it solo, uh, but I didn't get to take advantage of that marathon training. And marathon training for three or four months takes a ton out of you, beats your body up, and then last year I didn't get to run it. So that was disappointing. And so when the Emerald Isle Marathon was canceled, I immediately scrambled because I was like, I need to find something that, um, you know, for this training. And I found uh, in Chesapeake, Virginia, 
the Striders Boston Marathon Qualifier Invitational. Now, what all that means is, is that uh, it being an invitational mean you had to qualify for this race, um, and then uh, it was a race designed to help people with their Boston mile, uh, qualifying miles. And so I've never heard of this race. I, I didn't know where it was. It was actually on the Dismal Swamp Canal Path, which is a six-and-a-half-mile mile, uh, stretch, and you go down and back and down and back. Uh, so incredibly flat and straight. It was really well put together. I love this course. I hope to run this race again uh, sometime. So I quickly uh, pointed my uh, attention towards running uh, this invitational. and uh, But I had to qualify first, and I put in my qualifying times. I immediately was accepted. And, guys, this was a fast field. Uh, they could have as many as 250 people in it. They had 70, and we were put into waves, and we had masks on during in, in the waves itself. But it was a fast field. We had one person who was going for an Olympic qualification, and we had a couple of people with some two-hour and 20-minute marathons. Um, it was an insanely fast field. So um, uh, I'll talk about my goals in a minute. But I had to really, really um, think through my approach on this race. But I, I qualified for it, which was very cool. It's the aside from my efforts at Boston, this is the first time I've ever had to qualify for a race, which I did. But Chesapeake is two and a half hours away. So the original plan is we were going to go down on Friday night and get a hotel and um, that way I'd get there and, and be fresh. Uh, but then the rescheduled football season for high school popped up and there was a football game on Friday night and that would be the only game where parents were going to be allowed in to watch uh, their, their students perform with marching band and color guard. And so we've got a, a child in marching band and one in color guard. We have not been able to see them at all. And so... That's what I'm going to do, right? I'm not going to skip out on that. So went to see them perform, got home, got to sleep by 10.30, and then I had to wake up at 3 a.m. And uh, so you typically looking for more than four and a half hours sleep and typically not looking to add a two and a half hour drive on top of that, but that's what happened. A four, a four and a half hour sleep, then I got up, two and a half hour drive, I got to the check-in, I took a 10-minute nap in the car and got up, and so I'd eaten breakfast in the car, and I'd done my routine and met with the folks, uh, the, uh, the group of runners here in town. There's a group called Fast Fred, and they're really great folks. There were three or four, folk, three or four folks there just to cheer folks on, and then I believe there were three of us running. Um, some folks going for a 250, which is pretty insane. And I, I know this guy's a little bit. I've run with them maybe twice, but I'm part of their email group. They were super friendly to me, uh, and they invited me to come hang out. Uh, so it was very good to see them. But uh, there were a couple of things stacked against me on this one. Poor sleep and driving down there in the morning. But you know what? You, you can't control race day no matter what. Now, the temperatures. We started at 54 uh, which is not bad, but then we got up to 71 or 73, which is pretty warm. Um, humidity was not bad, so I'm thankful for that. So I knew that on the back half of the race, I was going to have to be really careful. So I had to put a lot of thought into that, like how am I going to approach this race? Um, so I ran, since it was down and back, down and back, I ran the first half of the, sh uh, of the race with a shirt on. And then I took the shirt off for the second half, just threw it in the ground, and thankfully it was there when I got back. Trying to stay, trying to keep my temps cool. Saw a couple of folks flame out because of the temperatures. 
and uh, and I had some challenges, and I'll talk about those in a minute. So those that's the race condition. Um, love the course. I mean, it is flat. It is 33 feet of elevation. That's insanely flat. Down and back, down and back. And it was marked. Every single mile was marked. Um, there were two or three places where people could cheer you on. So And, and you saw people most of the time. You were never alone. Uh, so that was different. I mean, I hadn't run an in-person race since the blue and gray half back uh, towards the end of last year. And that was a super fun race. Um, or was that the beginning of this year? I don't even remember. That was a super fun race. But it was great to run with people again. Great to be at the starting line and cheering each other on. Uh, but that was the race. Now, before I tell you how it went, um, goals. Uh, when you approach a marathon, um, I always approach it with uh, a couple of goals. Um, so I typically have three. Uh, so my first is to finish because since I have two DNFs did not finish underneath my belt in the 20-some races I've run, you've got, you can't ever take the marathon for granted. You've got to finish. Then I wanted a Boston qualify, which would have been a three-hour, 25-minute. And then I wanted to set a PR, a personal record, which would have been a three-hour, 22. Because I have a 323, three-hour, 23, uh, Boston Marathon uh, qualifying PR. So that was what I wanted to finish. I wanted to BQ. And then I wanted to set a PR. Those were my three goals. And then, uh, I've never done this before, I set an in-race goal that I wanted to pace better. Now pacing is determining what your um, your pace is along the way. Um, because I know that I have struggled on back half of races before. So I set that up in my mind. I'm like, okay, we're gonna start around, uh, we're gonna start uh, you know, relatively slow, like uh, 7.50, 7.45 and, and pace per minute. And I wanted to hold that. And then somewhere uh, around the halfway point, I wanted to be in the low 740s pace-wise, like overall. Uh, and then wanted to get through mile 20 and then be able to push. That was my goal. Um, I needed at least a 750 to be cute, right? So um, that was a huge goal for me because I've only, I feel like I've only paced well really once or twice ever. So the race starts, and uh, I, I call it settling in. I, I settled in um, somewhere early, around mile four and five. Settling in is just when you feel comfortable running, like when you're like, okay, this is not that bad. Um, so I settled in early. Typically, it's like mile seven and eight for me, so I was really encouraged by that. My, uh, so I settled in. And uh, the first quarter went really well. I did my first turn, a really tight 90-degree turn, but that's the way it is. Um, and then settled in, and then in that second quarter between six and a half and 13 man I really was feeling good so I hit the halfway mark somewhere around 744 pace and I mean that was dead on what I wanted really liked it uh, threw the shirt off and I'm like okay let's let's uh let's do really well on this third quarter so we can endure the fourth quarter um I, I knocked down a, a 730 something pace really happy with that because at that point in time what you're really trying to do is build up a, um, a bank. Um, I, I don't, I'm not one of those runners who like bank, 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 and then cr fall apart at the end, but I was trying to bank some time. I knew every time I got into 11, uh, a low 740s, uh, I knew that whenever I did that, um, it would really be setting me up well um, for the final fourth. Um, so then, 
around, I, I was getting a hit to that second turnaround, right? And that is that point where you've only got, that's right around there at mile 19 and a half. Um, and I'm still doing well, right? Uh, I've pulled up my, my time here. Um, and when I made that turn, it was 741 at 13, 745. 715 was a 733. I mean, I was super happy with that. 745, 745. I was really consistent. 18, uh, it's just out in the open sun. That was 751. And I made the turn at a 7 minute and 59 mile. And I'm really okay with that. I knew that I was uh, fading a little bit. But that, that section right there near... Um, the final turn is uh, really, really hot. It's out in the open sun. And then you have uh, six and a half miles to go. Uh, you've got three miles of open sun, and then you've got basically three miles that's uh, in the shade. Um, so when I made that turn, um, all of a sudden that heat hit me. And, and I'm not, I'm not, it's not like a heat like Richmond. I, I just know I'm struggling a little bit. And, and listen, that's the, the wall, right? That's what happens at mile 20. So I did an 814. 828, 833, and then at mile 23, I started having calf cramps. They hit me so hard, I nearly fell to the ground. Um, but I, I kept going, and then it got so bad at mile 23, I had no choice um, but to stop and walk a little bit. And uh, at mile 23, I had lost the Boston Qualifier. I was like, okay, all right, uh, this is a great race. Um, shoot for a sub, three hour and 30 minute. Uh, but friends, that last three miles, my cramps were so bad, it was walk, run, walk, run, walk, run. Um, so uh, my overall time was three hours and 34 minutes. And I just got to tell you, I'm super happy with that. It was a great race. Um, out of the 20-some marathons I've run, that is the sixth, uh, number six, the sixth fastest marathon I've ever run. Um, I finished, hit goal one. Um, I paced really well. Couldn't do anything different about that. I just can't control the cramps. You know, I was hydrated well. Um, I uh, I did really well with nutrition during the race. I, hit, I ate five goos, which are those little um, astronaut packets that we eat. Um, we call it unicorn milk because their consistency, they're kind of disgusting. You know, I crossed the finish line. Just I crossed the finish line cramping. Um, but, I mean, I'm really happy with this race. I'm really happy with this marathon. Uh, first of all, um, it was 30 minutes faster than Richmond, um, and I paced well. And I knew, and, and I'll get to the point now what I want to do next, but I mean, I knew that I learned a lot in this race. Um, uh, by the way, the Fast Fred folks, Fast Fred folks were super encouraging. They took photos, and they were there, and at the end, I mean, I'm really thankful for all of them. They invited me out to eat, but I just couldn't do it. We had a birthday party to go to last night. Um, but I mean, I'm, I'm really happy with this race. Uh, so the question is, what would I do differently? Um, to be honest with you, I don't think this was a really great training cycle for me. I really don't. Um, I didn't have as much mileage as I did a year ago in that training cycle. Um, I had an immensely better training cycle a year ago. Um, I had a lot more mileage. Uh, it was just one of those times where this year, um, you know, I can talk about maybe the ice or snow. We had four straight weekends of that. Maybe that was part of it, but I had a hard time. Um, I mean, I had a couple of mileages in the upper 50s, but I had a hard time 
keeping like my low weeks, like in the low 40s or upper 40s, I just I didn't have as much mileage under my belt. And it's not about just run, 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 but you've got to have that under your belt. Um, but I think what really made this um, a less successful training cycle is that uh, my sprint work wasn't very good. Uh, you do sprint work on Mondays with intervals. And I mean, I will say the last six weeks, maybe the last five weeks, um, my sprint work was good. Um, but man, I didn't, I just didn't feel like I was sprinting well at all. Uh, there's a couple of factors that we moved and I'm not close to my track anymore. So I had to, I had to figure out a new place to do sprints. The ice and snow definitely played a part of it, but I just wasn't as fast this training cycle. And I think that, so I mean, I didn't have as much mileage and my intervals were off. Now, the question is, um, I'm 50 now, right? Uh, is it that I'm just not that fast anymore? And I don't think that's the case. I really don't. Uh, I'm still very optimistic that I've got some BQs and PRs ahead of me. I think here's the issue. At 50, I'm not going to get faster just by running more and more mileage. You know, just tacking on more mileage is not going to make me faster. Um, it's definitively true that at 50, um, your muscles and your bones just don't respond as well as they typically did or as they did in prior situations. So I think here's what i got to do. Here's what I'm going to do, do differently because uh, I do have some future plans and I'll share them with you in a moment. Uh, and, and this is practical advice for anybody at my age who wants to keep going. I have got to start adding some weight training in. Um, I've got to build up some some more muscle mass um, just everywhere. My legs, my arms, my core. I know that the training cycles where I added muscle training, I did great. I had a greater endurance and I had greater finishing power. Um, and you know, uh, like the, when I made that turn at 19 and a half with six and a half to go. Uh, there was this uh, a woman runner, and she made that turn, and dude, she kicked it. I mean, she laid down a hammer. I was just really impressed with her. And, and that is possible. It is possible to get faster at 20. But it's not possible to get faster at mile 20 unless you've got some muscle mass on you. And what happens with just endurance running endurance running, after a while, you really are just... You know, you're making withdrawals from your body and you're not putting enough deposits in. So I know that I need to spend the spring and the summer and I got to get in the gym and I don't enjoy it much, but I got to start adding some some muscle mass. Uh, and what that will do is the core muscle work will enable me to stay more upright. And when I'm struggling, it'll help me stay upright and uh, have better form. The leg work is not just about a greater speed, but it's about just building some muscle up. So when I am doing the running, um, I, I'm just not taking too many withdrawals out. So as I look at it, that's what I've got to do. So what's ahead for me as a runner? Well, first of all, the 2021 Boston Marathon, I believe it's October 11th. I am qualified for that. But Boston has not yet announced all the details. So, as I've mentioned—excuse me—as I've mentioned before, it's possible to qualify for a Boston Marathon and not be able to run it because there's a finite number of runners, and I imagine this year even more so. So, more people qualify than can actually run on the street. So then they just start taking the fastest ones. And uh, the first time I qualified, I only qualified by like 28 seconds. I, I didn't have much hope there. This time I have over a minute. 
so yeah, there is a chance that I could be running the Boston Marathon in October. If they don't run that, um, there is a race the second week in September. Um, the first one I ever DNF'd, I'd like to run that one because that would give me another shot to qualify for the 2022 Boston Marathon. And simultaneously, uh, Boston's allowing folks to run a Boston Virtual, and I'd probably double up on that and make the uh, the race in September also be a Boston Virtual. So two medals for the price of one. But I do know at this point in time, I've got to add some muscle work in. i got to get into the gym. i got to get into a class or something um, because after a while, uh, I just can't keep taking all these withdrawals and not putting enough deposits in there so so for all my non-runners i appreciate a 20-minute recap that you've listened to for all my runners I, and, and folks especially in the reset community thank you so much for listening to this the reset community has been a program through the ymca where we tried to encourage 30 minutes of exercise six days a week and i've been a part of that and they've been very encouraging to me uh, but folks i appreciate you listening hope it's been an encouragement to you and we will be back next week and hopefully soon have another interview lined up and we'll talk to you then. Thanks so much. Bye-bye.